I see things. You laugh at an old man. <laughs> There's them that laughs and knows better. See the TV cameras yet? That's what I'm kidding right now is these weird chills. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and from where Watch I out. sit, there just ain't enough damn dogs. Where is this coming from? He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Come on, I feel... What was that? Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch them. Drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, bestiality. We may ask what is real. Murder, vampire. Anything beyond that is dangerous. He's a liar. The demon is a liar. He would like to confuse us. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. The attack is psychological. And it's themselves. Powerful. Welcome back to the NY Patriot Show. Today, uh, I got a Freaky Fridays going on, another live Freaky Fridays. And I'm very happy to have back, uh, well, for one, I have my co host, the Navy Hey, how much? How are you? Good, good. Thank you for coming on. And today, we have a returning guest. Uh, I've had her on for Roberta, uh, I've had her on for Nixium. And uh, damn, I forgot what the uh, original one was. But uh, oh, oh, the guy upstate, the guy Larry uh, Ray. Yes, yes, that was the other one. Um, I have Roberta Glass on. Amazing, uh, always brings like amazing information. Um, you are a court reporter as well, right? Just want to make sure I get the terminology correct. I'm not. A, I'm not. Oh. A, I'm not a court reporter. No, no. But you do. You go to them and like you actually go to like the court hearings and. Yes, I, I report for I'm one of the few true crime podcasters who actually go to court and report on court cases from the courtroom. So uh, I covered the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, the Larry Ray trial. Um, Nexium. Nexium, thank you. Nexium. The Nexium from the early <laughs> hearings on to Keith Ruderi's trial. Yes, thank you. Nice. And yeah, and today we're going to have you on for, uh, I guess, kind of going back. Um, it seems not that I guess, like I said before, it seems to be kind of becoming a popular thing to talk about again. But I've always found it interested and I haven't really covered it. it was kind of uh, the whole West Memphis three and Damien Eccles uh, situation. Um, I will say for myself, when I first came across it, I was watching Paradise Lost. Um, it was pretty compelling. Um, and started to realize, I think it kind of had like a bias outlook on it. And um, just, just those parts, like I was telling you prior, even the stuff um, with the stepfather in the woods, lighting shit on fire, getting all hysterical, his dentures prop, you know, almost basically popping out of his mouth. Um, I started wondering, is this almost like reality TV to an extent? And it just seemed very uh, one-sided, and I, I just really wasn't buying it. And then eventually I came across uh, William Ramsey's stuff with you, 
and started listening to that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I think this is a bunch of bullshit. And I think there's a little bit more behind it. And I, at the time when I first heard about this, I was a practicing magician. So like, oh, Damien Eccles, like, you know, he's one of my people, you know, you're throwing him up on the cross. And eventually I had to take a step back and was actually like, you know, maybe I should look at things for how they are and, you know, get my feelings out of the mix. And uh, I won't be so biased. And the case started to seem a little different to me. Um, so I'm very happy to have you on. So you can maybe uh, cover a few topics or a few of the things that, I guess kind of almost like the lies of Damien Eccles. I hate to put it that way, <laughs> but uh, it was kind of like, you know, like I, I feel like what's been presented to us and what's been said in the courtroom are two different things, you know, and I assume that uh, you might have a little bit more going on that than I would. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. I'm really glad you brought up William Ramsey because his book, he was really one of the first people out there to, bring the truth to the American public in, in his book. but yeah. And he really faced a lot of backlash. And I will tell you that these Paradise Lost movies, and then there's uh, there's four documentaries for the West Memphis Three. So there's three done by Ber, uh, Berlinger and Sinofsky, who's no longer, no longer with us. And then there's a fourth directed by Amy Berg. So I don't know how many other convicted killers have four documentaries. Um. And the first is a little bit more even-handed. It's still biased. We still know from Berlinger that he said that when he looked at them, he knew that they were innocent. He looked at Baldwin's slight stature and he thought he couldn't have committed a crime. And as we know, if anybody who's followed true crime, looks are very deceiving oh, <laughs> can yeah. we take bundy anyone yeah. <laughs> right well even Donald, anyone none of them uh, were huge people paul bernardo no. I'll, I'll throw in for Teresa and uh carla Homaka for yes the, oh know, gosh yeah right Absolutely. the barbie uh the ken and barbie killers so yeah um so we know that they they decided they were going to make an advocacy piece so by the first documentary covers the trial and covers everything around there's they have two trials so there's miss kelly's trial and baldwin and echo's trial they have two different trials and they kind of follow that but by the second documentary there's a demand for it but there's not much going on they're just all sitting in prison what what are you gonna do and they haven't found many new suspects so the first suspect was john mark byers then by the fourth film they had changed suspects, <laughs> so they changed to another grieving stepfather. And I think that it's very interesting that they only pick grieving stepfathers to blame this murder on, the murder that they eventually pled guilty to via an Alfred plea, which is legally a guilty plea. So they're legally convicted, paroled, essentially paroled child killers. It's so crazy that they're treated with the like Eccles is treated with the kind of reverence. He's walking the red carpet with Johnny Depp that he is, you know, he's treated like a, like a celebrity in our culture mm -hmm. and revered. And it's like, all you have to do is say the magic word, which is innocence. And that changes everything. Like if Johnny Depp had walked the, the red carpet with Harvey Weinstein, say, had he gotten out, had he, had his conviction somehow got, had he paroled out of his conviction 
for sexual harassment and, and sexual predation, he would have been stoned all through Hollywood. But for killers, all you say is innocent. And what? 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 I didn't know you said the magic word innocence. Well, that changes everything. A guy who killed three kid, three eight-year-old kids. Oh, well, he might be innocent since, since you said the magic word. He might be innocent. So it's just, it's a wild thing. And yes, he, he's a very good liar. I was totally fooled by those Paradise Lost movies. And he, the lies, I said, we could be here. This could be like a marathon podcast with all, if we went through <laughs> all the lies. So. Oh, wow. You know what? I, it was funny how you mentioned uh, the thing with uh, the, the stepfathers. Because I think, like, in that show, if I remember correctly, um, they started eventually pointing at, I forgot the dude's name, the tall guy you mentioned his name before. They kind of started insinuating or wondering if it was him. And then it seemed like after that, his opinion, his opinion of Damien Eccles even being the murderer has changed. So it was like, oh, right. now you're pointing the finger at me. It wasn't me, and I don't even think he did it. We got to look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to another stepfather. I was just like, what's right. going on here? <laughs> I really highly... Um recommend a documentary called a murder in the park which is about anthony porter who was on death row in chicago and a bunch of medial innocence project students who reinvestigated his murder his murder of two people in, in a park and so many things were wrong the park had been redone witnesses had been offered things to to retract, to change their story, to to accuse different people. And they got this guy off of death row with these really with serious innocence fraud. But you can see what's going on in that film behind the scenes. They're offered book deals, the book money that will come. Once we release an innocent man, that's going to make book money and TV movie money. So there's so much money in what I call innocence fraud that – so we don't know why John Mark Byers changed his story. He said John Douglas came the profiler. This is a guy who worked for the FBI, left the FBI, and then kind of does these independent reinvestigations. And he said that the West Memphis Three had never been in trouble before. So he starts his profile off on something totally false. Echoes had been in trouble multiple times. Baldwin Miss Kelly, all of them have been in trouble with the with the law. So it's like, you know what, I find what are we funny? talking about here? When people get like, oh, they've never been in trouble with the law before. No, just up until now, they haven't gotten caught, possibly. You no, know they, they, no, I know, but it, he had a, that, Eccles that. talks about his juvenile parole officer. And he tells Piers Morgan, I think, that he's never been in trouble with the law. And then he, there's another interview with him where he's talking about his driver, the that's his last name, Driver, the juvenile officer who gave him such a hard time because Driver had his own own, own conspiracy going on that he was covering up. I mean, it's like ridiculous. But how can those both, how can you never get in trouble with the law and also have a probation officer or a, a juvenile probation officer? How yeah, is that possible? It's not. not. I mean, both, all of them were in trouble. I mean, that's just a fact. But it gets away with a myth. They've created a myth and they're really trying to cement this myth now because they're trying for this DNA testing, which they haven't, they haven't handed over the DNA testing from 2011, but they're going to, they're going to ask for more DNA testing after their own defense team hasn't handed over the DNA testing that they did. 
mean, mm. what's going on? Yeah. Was Instead, it, they chose to plead guilty. Wonder what happened there. Yeah, I had even wondered if like the whole, uh, you know, because wasn't Eccles kind of like, oh, I don't want to sign it, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, well, it was kind of like uh, I was kind of screwing over the other two people if I didn't. I wonder if it was that like that old... was Baldwin, Baldwin who said that oh, because he okay. really has the best case. He he didn't give incriminating statements. He wouldn't take a lie detector. He didn't fail a lie detector test because he like the other two because he didn't take one. So he's the was in the best position. He's the one who resisted taking the Alfred plea. And so when they do, I really encourage people to watch the press conference. So when they came out and announced that they were making this deal with the state with an Alfred plea, which is legally a guilty plea, but you can still maintain your innocence. So you're admitting that the state had enough evidence to convict you, but you're still maintaining your innocence. But legally, it's a guilty plea. So uh, um, where was I? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you're talking about the other one who didn't want to sign. Oh, Baldwin. So when they, oh, thank you. So when Baldwin is announcing at this and saying, I didn't, I didn't want to take the plea. And he said, but I did it for Echoes because I knew Echoes. And then so Echoes sort of piped up. Yeah, I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to live to see a new trial because he's complaining about bad teeth and bad uh, eyesight. That's, that's, you're going to die from bad teeth and bad eyesight. Are those now fatal illnesses? I ask. But Eccles never gets asked any question that's slightly critical. I would love for someone to ask Eccles, what were you exactly dying from in, in prison that you needed this Alfred plea signed right away, that it couldn't wait, that you couldn't uh, prove your innocence in a, in a trial? Because the fact is that they, they had the best experts, the best everything. They had 10 to $20 million was spent on releasing the West Memphis Three. And the best they could come up with was a guilty plea. That was the best option for them. I had actually wondered if some of his medical issues was him still fucking with magic in jail, to be totally honest with you. Well, he did. He says he got out because of magic, 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 magic. That's how I got out. I mean, this is really William Ramsey's and it probably would be your expertise more than mine. But I think it's very interesting that he doesn't say, well, I got out because the case was so weak. I got out because, of course, finally, the state saw that I was innocent. No, he says, I got out because of magic, magic, magic. Oh, yeah. He doesn't deny doing it still while he was in prison. I oh, mean, yeah. He's drinking he moon water with his wife and all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one question real quick from somebody in the chat. Did, did uh, If you happen to know who this is, I don't even know who this is. Did the staircase guy do the same thing with the Alfred plea? I don't know if that happens. Yes. Michael Peterson also took an Alfred plea. And gotcha. if you see Kathleen Peters, Peterson's sister, Candace Zamperini, gives a speech that is amazing at that Alfred plea hearing. It's incredible. She just rips everyone. I knew what she goes, Alfred, she goes, Al, Alfred Schmalford, guilt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great speech. Something I had wanted to ask you maybe, and I assume maybe you would know better than me. Um, was there like stuff like, cause we, we see stuff from court. You see stuff in like paradise Lost and the documentaries, they show like little clippets of like, I guess, Damien defending himself in court. But like, do, I don't feel like we got to see the stuff that probably was damaging to his case. You know, I feel like we don't see much of that in the documentaries. Was there things that like, you know, in court that 
Oh. Well, his alibis got totally destroyed. That was pretty important. That his oh, mother and it uh, was offering his mother's friends were offering a, a false alibi, and that got just ripped apart on the on the stand. Uh, any of his alibis got just totally destroyed. Uh, mm. That the Hollingsworth family saw he and his girlfriend Dem uh, Dominitier walking covered in mud right near the scene of the right near the scene that night. Now, of course, she's changed her story, but I think that the public should look at recantations the same way that the court looks at them with, with suspicion. Why are people changing their story so many years later? But okay. Um, God, what else? I mean, there's some of the things you can't do see in the film, which is that he was caught in jail writing in a magical alphabet and, they, and he was writing his child's name and, and his name and Jason's name in this witch's alphabet. I was playing. And, and he said, and he, and, and up until then he said, I was, oh, I'm into Wicca. I, I just know who Aleister Crowley is. I haven't read much by him. And then here he is writing Aleister Crowley's name and along with Jason's name and his own name and his son's name in this witch language. What, I mean, yeah, if it's not important, it's why are you lying about it? To me, that's why I think that the occult things have an influence in this case, because why else would you lie about it on the stand? Yeah. If it's not important, mm -hmm. why would you lie about it? Yeah, I know. I remember him, uh, them even bringing up the fact of like hidden, even writing like Crowley's name and like uh, stuff inside his books and he plays it off as like he had... Oh, I was just, I just know who he is. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, I do think, uh, I, the, I think he's, from what I got out of it, uh, I think he is into Enochian magic and that does have its own language. So I'm assuming. What that, is Enochian magic? To me, that's a lot more serious magic. Uh, you use a, you're supposed to have a tablet and it's a four by, you know, it's like four different squares and each one is like for the element, but then there's like, there could be water or fire, air or fire, earth or fire. And each one, like you're tapping into supposedly like a different angel or entity or you're going somewhere else, I think, with that tablet. Um, they suggest it to be made out of beeswax too, which is weird. Did you have any success when you were practicing this stuff? Did you have any kind of, you felt like you got any kind of magical influence in life? Do you think um, it had, what I'm asking is, as, as, a, as a naturally skeptical person, do, is there any kind of evil power to this thing, or oh, did you experience yeah. any kind of any I, kind of results with your magical? Practice? I experienced enough results to where it stopped me from doing it because I got a little, oh, honest, I got a little scared, or was just like, in my opinion. The, the, the more you keep messing with it and if you actually start like having like real magical experiences, I think it can get addicting and it also can get very, uh, you can start becoming a very selfish, self-centered person with it. Uh, I have had some experiences where it was nothing like I was trying to obtain anything of material value and just had experiences that, you know, I don't think I was here. I went somewhere else and experienced something. Those were beautiful and I had, you know, great inspiration after the fact but i could see how that can that could easily change a person as well and it's like you start walking a fine line of where i could start using this to manipulate people and to 
you know, get what I want instead of, you know, for a good reason. And I didn't want to take that chance in dabbling in it. So I just stopped. <laughs> I don't know. There was something that was just a few times where it was just different than normal. It was really out there. And I was like, this shit's real. And uh, I don't know if I'm the person to keep messing with it like this. Yeah. That's one thing I have noticed is that people, I haven't, I haven't known anyone who improves upon studying magic. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it can deteriorate. It really does foster a kind of narcissism. Oh, at at minimum. At minimum. Right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> so it's really funny what I was, I was talking about to William Ramsey about Damien Eccles. They had him in, it was a, it was in the mental, juvenile mental health facility. And he says he was in there because he was a depressed kid and he may have been depressed, but what he was doing was much more serious, lighting fires, beating a great Dane to death. And that is uh, Joe Bartouche, who was, who was Baldwin's uncle, who, cousin, uncle, I'm sorry, uh, who, who, who gave that statement. He said, I watched Damien Eccles beat up a, and kill a great Dane. He was How also old was he uncle. when he did that, Roberto? I believe I want to say in his late teens, 16, 17, 18. Mm. And that I was just young. curious if, if in, cause he wrote a biography after, right? Yes. He wrote okay. one that was self-published almost home. Margaret Cho helped him publish that. And then when he got out, um, he had a, I felt it was ghost written and I don't mean that. <laughs> magically. <In> a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the right. more normal sense of the word. In the book. physical sense, yeah. <laughs> right. And there's like, I mean, there's so many lies in that book. For one, he says, and what I'm talking about, I was about talking about his selfishness, I think, mm. yeah, um, or, or his, his problems. And so he's beating a dog to death. He's starting fires. His own parents are afraid that he's going to hurt the kids in the home. I mean, he's just very, very frightening kid. He's drinking people's blood. He's walking around in this trench coat and all sorts of weather in Arkansas. Heat, <laughs> dark trench coat. And he's hanging around with, he's very stalking young girls, children, keeping a briefcase possibly. Other people said he kept a briefcase full of pictures of kids that, why, I don't know. Oh, Jason Baldwin, had evil on their his knuckles. So did um, Eccles had matching evil tattoo on every finger of their knuckles. So on the left hand, of course. So, mm -hmm. uh, I you know, what I find that, interesting real quick. You mentioned yeah, that sure. he beat, he, beat he killed the dog, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even I mean, this could be a stretch, but like even Crowley in one of his books, I mean, he goes on about how he killed his sure, cat yeah. nine times to see if it had nine lives. And now right. it's telling me this dude killed the dog. Yeah. And I mean, wow. do you think that Margaret Cho, if he killed the dog in front of Margaret Cho, do you think she would still be able to support her? And I was talking to someone who helped put that, who helped put that book together. And she was saying, I don't think, I don't think Mark Cho or any of these celebrity supporters, they just tr feel that he's innocent. So he is, they didn't, do any research they did it's like you think they, they would protect their good name and do like maybe a tiny little bit of research into well. the case before they supported a, a convicted child killer but 
unless the celebrities are into the same shit he's into. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's, that's like good. that's what makes me feel Especially so Johnny weird. Depp. Yeah, like so weird about the whole thing is all the Hollywood support behind him. Like where does that come from and, and like why? Why him? Why that case? Why that why case? That I case? mean, I mean it's him? just as a ridiculous yeah. case as any other as any other case. Totally. And it, it just makes me think like, are they into like some sort of like same club, same coven, you know, like whatever it is. Right. And I just wonder too, like how old was he when he got into like studying magic? Because it sounds like a lot of the things he was doing or even like the murder of the eight year olds in general, to me, it seems like ritualistic. Well, yeah. after he wrote, uh, got out, I believe he wrote a piece in Rolling Stone. I may be wrong about that. Please forgive me. But where he's talking about how he was crucified and convicted for his knowledge and love of magic. And that he knew everything about Crowley since he was, I think, 12 or 13 years old, he says oh. in that. Well, so, that explains a lot. Yeah. So he was lying on the stand when he said, oh, Crowley. I don't know Crowley. I, I don't. I I've heard of him, but I I hadn't read anything about him. He said he'd read everything, knew everything about it, and you can see his library. So um, they didn't pay for his storage, so he put his book, the all his books, into storage, and um, and um, you can see that it's all about magic. All the books are magical books, satanic books, and I think there's maybe a few. Um, what do you call it? Graphic novels. But for the most oh, part, right. it's all magic. I mean, it's like this huge, immense library of magical books. Yeah. You know what? I even think that like what you were saying before, even some of the people trying to stick up for his uh, his innocence are, are questionable. And doesn't he even have like the, doesn't him and Johnny Depp share like the same tattoo? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, called you know? Windover. I, I, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I want to say Chinese symbol or I Ching from the I Ching means wind over water. I don't know. You have to ask William Ramsey more about what it means, but yeah, they do. Or maybe, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I have to, uh, I'm, I'm almost positive. I've seen it myself. I just don't remember exactly what it was, mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, what I thought was, was interesting too. Um, because I guess just being involved in like kind of magic and, you know, on Facebook being groups and stuff, you come across like more witches, I guess, than ceremonial magicians. But I ended up like, I didn't even realize, I think until I brought up paradise lost to the person. Um, I was actually friends with somebody on Facebook. I never like physically met them, but would speak to them on Facebook and Instagram. This is years ago. That was actually in paradise lost. Oh, no way. Doing and what? She was an actual witch too at the time. Wow. So it makes me wonder, like, how many of those people were, like, into that shit that were trying to get him out just because, like, oh, he's into magic and he's in, must be innocent. Is and that when they go to the Wicca? Was she in that Wicca circle where they're... Yeah, she is. She's into... She's, uh, the, yeah, she's, she's going, into, I, I'm going to give my hard-earned money to, to these child killers because... She offered to send me a free book of one of his books autographed. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's just like, no... Yeah, his handwriting is very creative. I just find his, his artwork came out when he first came out of prison. He was selling his artwork. He was mm -hmm. selling X's. He would tattoo an X on his followers for $100, something crazy like that. 
What? And it was his artwork was really creepy. One of them was called like Nobody Came, and there's like looks like a child screaming, and I was like, "Are you?" It, very odd, very very dark and odd and um, creepy. I can't. I couldn't imagine anybody who wanted to buy that. I was like, "Who's buying this stuff?" But, Telling you, the part of the same squad. That's why Murderpedia, right? Yeah, <laughs> or people who were fellow travelers. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, or just just even like how he's revered in Hollywood. It just makes me think that like, you know, they're all part of the same crew. That's why they protect him almost, and like you know, revere him. Have you have you seen the music video that's dedicated to him? No. What song is it? It is amazing. I wish we could. It's called "The Good Has Won." And it has Damien Eccles in the video, like patting dogs. I'm like, oh, this is better than him beating this dog to death. In New York, it's him walking around New York, like patting dogs. And this like this sort of like indie, young indie, like 20 something girls singing like the good is one. (laughs) (laughs) It's so I really think we need I need to have you on my channel. We have to have a group watching of it of it because it's it's unreal. I think of. All the all the things that came out about the West Memphis Three tributes and uh, music albums to to get them out and everything. This was absolutely the most off the wall crazy. I was mm. like, you know, you know, this guy killed three kids and pled guilty to killing three kids, right? You know that, right? You know at least the basic facts. Yeah, you know, I think that this dog thing is really interesting to me now because mm-hmm. now you said he did it again. Uh, I was even covering, um, I'm going to record it soon. I was covering uh, uh, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. I think there's like tons of occult symbolism in those. And I did notice uh, watching the first Halloween again, there was even a part in the show where they mentioned that Michael Myers, when they went back to his house, he must have killed the dog. There was a dead dog in the house. Um, A lot of times occultists will do things where, you know, they, they look at like this world as a reflection of another world. And sometimes you can use things or take pictures of something that if you were to use it or think of it backwards, that that's the reflection. It makes more sense. So like, like just recently I had seen a video of uh, Elon Musk has like this missile thing set up where he looks like a goat with slash Sphinx sitting on top of it. And then on the trailer, you know, some truck was pulling this thing down the road. Now there's a dog staring at him with electric bolts on the side. Well, if you think of like as above, so below, if you take a perfect example, do you ever see those pictures where it could be a lake and you'll see like the trees and everything and then you see the opposite on the bottom? It's like a reflection yeah. of what is there. That's exactly what they're trying to show. So now that dog is technically God if you were to reflect it backwards. You know, right. so now right. him like going around, petting the dogs, killing a dog. Even in the Abramelon supposedly that you'll hear a hellhound barking. You know, at your door in the Abramelon ritual. So well, it's interesting. The whole thing with this guy and this dog stuff, like, is that just a cult symbolism in itself? You know, <laughs> I, I, could be. I don't know. It, it's it's very. That video is is, is, is through the crazy, crazy, but I think what you're saying is very interesting, and that could have been on his mind when he's doing it. But it's it's like. It's it's literally a music video talking about the release of a twice convicted triple child killer. 
Yeah. Like when, why would you? I mean, it's that? like it's like Ted Bundy. Everything's all great since Ted Bundy is back with us in society. I mean, it's sort of like the similar thing. So outrageous, but. I even had someone just comment now, even the X tattoo, I was going to say, in my opinion, that that could be a cult in itself. Like I know the bottom sphere on the tree of life, which almost all ceremonial magic is based off of that sphere is represented by an X. That's like representing your here on earth. Well, what I wanted to say is that his real name isn't Damien. He took that name. It's probably I was just, just going to say something about that. <laughs> his real name is Michael Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. So he pro- most likely took that name from Damien and the Omen and his trajectory. Oh. He says, I'm going to be, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be known as the West Memphis three boogeyman. But what he became famous for is much more disturbing. See, I was just saying how Michael Myers killed the dog. Now Michael mm-hmm. Hutchinson. Right. I know. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he changed. I just looking it up quick because, yeah, he changed his name at 13 years old. And if it's true what he said in like the Rolling Stone article that he got into Crowley at like 12 or 13, that would make sense that he wanted to change his name. On a magical name. You can give yourself a magical name. Yes. And then also, too, his parents got divorced when he was eight and he killed three eight year olds in 1993. And my understanding 93 is that, being very philemic. Right. Crowley, number. Crowley said that killing eight-year-olds is will give you the most magical. The most prized sacrifice. Right. Oh, prized yeah, when sacrifice. To, yeah. yeah, when it came to blood, uh, I think he even mentions it for uh, the cakes of light. Uh, you, you know, there is, from my experience going to the OTO, um, there will be menstrual blood cooked into it, but he does suggest baby's blood would be the best. He does say that. Yeah, that's very uh, interesting. Uh, right. You said about Eccles that, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to ask now. Damn it. Oh, so he changed his, yeah, see, he, I was going to say, even in the OTO, when you get, I think, I don't know if it's baptized or confirmed, if you take it, you can change your name too. Like, I don't, it's not like legally binding. but Confirmed, they probably. Will you, they will address you at a different name if you want to take on that magical name while you're there. So it's, it's all it would be a, it would be around that and, age as well. Confirmation and Catholicism is at thirteen. So, uh. do you know if there's any significance in the water? So these three boys were tied up and put in water, and to me, it seems like if we're looking at, I don't know anything about magic, but it would be like it um, some kind of. So from birth, you come from. You know, water. obviously, like the womb and water right out. And this is like the opposite of that. You're going into death, into like the womb of death, into the water. I don't know. Is there any what, kind of any kind my, of magical significance to, the, to that? The fact that they were that they were tied up and, and thrown into. I'm talking about um, water. Michael Moore, Chris Christopher Byers. Um, I think with the whole water thing, even when it comes down to the smiley face killers, I think the water might be used. Um, just my opinion, you know, a part of magic, uh, you know, that I think um, you will at some point, like kind of separate your soul from your body and you'll go somewhere else. And the abyss is always symbolized as water. Mm-hmm. You know? So it, to me, when these people that are dead or tossed in water it's kind of almost like a representation to me is like i sent them back to the abyss i sent mm. them back to the spirit world 
Right. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, and even even a lot of celebrities like die in bathtubs or like lakes and you know, and even like with the whole X thing, is not like the Osiris rising like symbol or something when like Crowley was photographed like that. Yeah, and the LVX uh, ritual, you will do uh you will do a crossing like this and you yeah the rise of a the, the sign of a rises. Osiris rising. <laughs> yeah, Osiris rising. And even like Madonna goes by Madame X. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of X's going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Elon Musk's new app that's gonna come out, the everything app is called X. So yeah. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So what, was there any other, uh, besides his alibis, was there anything else that you know of that kind of got tore apart in court and like we oh, didn't seem God. to hear about it? <laughs> tore apart in court. Oh, God. His alibis, he, he, he confessed to softball girls. He said that, uh, so there was these young girls. He went to a softball, uh, at a softball game and they were sitting there and he said, oh, yeah, I killed those three eight-year-old boys, and I'm going to kill two two more before I turn myself in. Um, I have them. I think he said I have them picked out. So they they um, they testified, the softball girls. They never recanted. All the West Memphis three people say they recanted. They just make up these things. Like, they took it back. So it never happened. Like, we just got rid of that evidence. What are you talking about? But he, he, I mean, all three of them, it's confessed. And Jesse and Miss Kelly has confessed multiple, multiple times, three recorded times post, post conviction. Um, I mean, two recorded times post conviction. And um, uh, so, so I, I don't know. It, it's just like, um, so when he said that, that they were lying, uh, that he never did it. And then after he got convicted, he gives interviews saying, oh, yeah, I did say that. They weren't lying. It was a joke. I did say that a joke. So it's like sometimes those things, obviously, probably the jury thought he was lying, but it really got um, confirmed years later when he's in prison and he's saying, yeah, I said that. I, come on. And now he, now, I find this, he said that he was going to kill two more and then turn himself in. Yeah. Damn. He wanted to be, a, I believe, a famous celebrity killer, and that's what he's become. He's yeah. famous for killing three eight-year-old boys. Now, he can say he's famous for being innocent. I mean, maybe that's what the majority of the public uh, think, but the facts are he would not be famous had he not been convicted of murdering these three eight-year-old boys in West Memphis, Arkansas, 1993. Gotcha. Mm. I wonder even too, like, you know, how things kind of went in his favor and then eventually like got out of prison and stuff. It almost seems like it was like protected by like a power to me, you know, performing all the magic stuff. There was no reason to to get them out. They they did this kind of legal sleight of hand where they said, oh, we have this new exonerating DNA evidence and we're going to get a new trial. But instead of getting a new trial, they they pled guilty. Yeah, the because maybe they were so afraid, like, afraid of the DNA evidence coming out. I think so. I mean, I, I think that's a possibility. Yeah. It could. It's either one of two things. Either it's totally 
not helpful either way, which often <laughs> DNA isn't. But right. even if it were not helpful, I think that they would release that to the public and to the other side. I, I the other like side is that, that they've never released it. They asked for an Alfred plea and you can see them at that conference. They have all the lawyers like this, like a massive amount of lawyers standing behind them. And they're, and they're just finessing it saying they're really innocent. This was our best hope for getting him out. You know, we just didn't have the time to prove it in court. I know because it really looks bad that they, the only way that they're getting them out is by, saying that they're guilty one more time it's one more they're they're admitting guilt right there so they're oh. finessing it and and really like pushing it and it, it, it's like it, it's really like a like a magic show that they're putting on for the public that that, that that's something that i had thought too with that whole situation i felt like up until they took the alfred plea i feel like that they were trying to uh Prove innocence and maybe even like I think in a way of like showing how somebody else could have possibly have done it or like show other uh, possible suspects. And then all, of, you know, they're doing like you said, they had this DNA they were going to do. They had all this stuff they're working on. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, we're just going to take the Alfred plea. Like was your other shit that you were just saying wasn't going anywhere and you knew that. And that's no, nowhere. Like, I mean, did you put that out there to make it sound like, oh, we, we definitely got this and like, oh, shit's not working out. So they'll just take the Alfred plea. Like, so they really still admitted to doing it. Mm -hmm. And they probably, you know, I just felt like it was just way too weird. Like very like magical, like sleight of hand almost, you know, think this and look at this. Right. And we're That's gonna right. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's absolutely very magical. And, and the New Yorker who pride is a magazine that prides itself on accuracy, not ever getting a comma wrong. They, when the piece came out after they, took the Alfred plea and were released. The piece that the New Yorker wrote was that they were released because of, they were exonerated because of DNA evidence. That DNA evidence had nothing to do with the fact that we were released. It was guilt. It was a DA that wanted to advance his own career. And, and, and they thought that it was a popular position. The films had made it popular that the West Memphis Three were innocent and that he would go on to, to raider pastures because of this. But it really didn't do much for him. It was a, it was, it was except release three guilty child killers. You think like even the judge signing off on that? I mean, you even find that like very weird. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very, it's very sad. Um, but if you have both sides and they want to do something, I don't know. That's just what, what I was talking about with the non-Syed thing, which is so disgusting and talking about magical and creepy. I'm not sure if it is magical. It's just very creepy what they're doing, which is they're, um, they're putting in, uh, they're funding uh, an ideological side is funding all these very woke prosecutors that are really like defense attorneys they have a history of being defense attorneys so that there is no opposition so that when someone wants to get out the pros the da will join in with the defendant and and help get them out like in baltimore and non-syed is the 31st life without parole <laughs> um, convict that they've released in two years 31 and I'm sure every case is just as ridiculous as a non-Syed. So 
that will give you some idea. So in Arkansas, the best that they could do, it's a little bit more conservative. You're not going to get that kind of really super woke DA that you could get maybe now. I don't know, but I don't think so. But I mean, the best that they could do was an Alfred plea with the with the amount of money that they had. But it is very weird that the judge didn't say, well, what has changed in this case? What are you basing this on? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why? Why now? What has changed? What changes the... Because pre- the one pre- judge, Barnett, saw it through every step of the way. And upheld say, that yeah, for judge changed. Years. That's what changed. Yeah, that's, that's right. why they went for it, probably. Do you know right? how much money was raised for all of this? It's between ten and twenty million dollars. Oh, I'm is, sure some wheels. And I th- and I think it may be more. They've never, they've never, the West Memphis Three supporters have never um, disputed that figure. Uh, ten to twenty to, million dollars. Uh, you know what I should have done? I should have looked up the name of it and uh, before the show. And if you go onto GuideStar, it's a free site. You have to make a. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to make a, an account, though, to use it. You can look up any, uh, like, uh, foundations, charities, and any non-for-profit places or any places that claim religious exemption. You can actually go in there, type in the companies, and you are allowed to look at how much money they have raised and how much they have spent. So that's something I might have to look at after the show, how much money they raised. Because I was even, like, thinking, I mean, no lie, for real, for real, when that dude got out, and I was following him on Instagram. I was like, yo, this fucking guy is living in a place that's more expensive than where I am. And he just got out of fucking jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, this dude's living in like, I mean, I think <laughs> he was living be- downtown by the yeah. Strand, wasn't he? He, he was, was living yeah. in uh, Peter Jackson's place. Yeah, the director. Right. For- Why would Peter awesome. Jackson give him his place? That's what Peter I'm saying. Jackson. Uh, and if you, right, if you look at Peter Jackson's film heavenly creatures which is about based on a true story of two young female child female killers who killed their mother uh, in new zealand look at how deferential and how they're the heroes the killers are the heroes of that film i love heavenly creatures it's a great movie but it's very disturbing when you look at it in retrospect to how he supported produced the fourth West Memphis three documentary supported Damien Eccles. He gave him his, his home. There's a rumor that he put him in as an extra in one of his films. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe Uh, it's just wild. I mean, they, and they, and you can see them the way that these people get around these killers, not just Damien Eccles, the supporters, they are just in ecstasy around. It's like a guru a devotee relationship. It's very odd. It makes me just, feel weird just, that he made Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, it's that's the same dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Because when you said the name, I was like, that sounds really familiar. Mm, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would be honest with you, and it, it's, this isn't like jealousy or anything, because I mean, I have tattoos and I'd like another one. But I'm going to be honest, just from the amount of artwork I've seen done on him since he got out, I was like, that's not fucking cheap. Mm. Like, this guy has to be doing okay to be getting all this fucking work done now. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he had done some in jail, but like, if you see how much he got done afterwards, unless that shit was free because these people are fans, that's thousands of dollars on his skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, this yeah. moves into moves into a nice place, fucking thousands of He's dollars. He's never worked a day in his life. I mean, yeah, doing anything seriously. He's only taught magic, done Reiki on people. Oh, and I saw. Uh, and and he, he's he's never had to work, not once. 
I guess profits from his book, maybe. Profits from his book, his wife. Um, he's just, I, I, and, he, and he didn't work before he got convicted of killing um, three eight-year-old boys. He never really worked much at, before oh, that either. He, he was so on full-time dis disability for his mental illness. And what's mm. scary is there's 500 pages. It's called Exhibit 500 that was put together by his defense team. Now he says in his book, that it was put together, every lie was put together by the prosecution. Why? I don't know. But it was it was in reality compiled by his own defense team to say that he was too crazy to kill, meaning spare him the death penalty. Look at his too mental crazy. health history. It's 500 pages of really scary mental health history. I wonder and, with all like, sorry, go ahead, Roberta. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I wonder, you know, with all the, dark magic stuff that he was into from so young that even like he would have a demonic attachment that like influences him to do these things or say certain things or teach magic or you know this kind of thing I would wonder he, that he's claimed that he's claimed that he was visited by uh, a demonic en entity named Rosie who would take him on night rides when he was in Rosie. jail that was one right. of Crowley's wife's six wife's names there hmm. you go there you go. I'm sure that's the reference. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Fans, yeah. When other big fans of Crowley world. were like the Beatles and stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what I mean. Like, I think there's a Hollywood fascination. Like some people would even say like Jay-Z and Beyonce are thelemites over anything oh, else. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what they practice. So it's almost like they have to protect their own. That's what I feel is going on. I think when it comes to music and media, I, you know, and I'm not saying it because I'm an XOTO member and I want to like brag or anything, but I really, unfortunately, do think thelemic, uh, thelemic magic is huge in music mm -hmm. and movies. It's a huge influence, I think. So. Well, it looks like there. I mean, you look at the the kind of dark imagery that in music videos. I was yeah. like, why is that fashionable? Why not something else? You know, right? You know, they use all those outlandish colors because they they fit on, you know. When you start looking at colors and what they represent with the Kabbalah, you can start seeing a story just in their outfit, going by certain colors sometimes, and all the symbols in the music video. It could be as simple as that, and people won't even notice it. You know, I've even covered that with Little Nas X. Besides that weird video he had, there's other videos where like the colors that he's using or what he's wearing with what's behind him can all tell a story on the Tree of Life. Yeah, why? I mean, why was he? Why did he become famous, Little Nas X? You know what I mean? Why was he? Yeah. First? Why? It's why true. do any of them become it's famous? Right. Good question. Yeah. They he sign, particularly they just the it. way he came on the scene with his kind of like it was very just the way he came on the scene with his. He's like, I made this at home, and look at this amazing thing he did. This he made this music at home, and now he's. They haven't stopped pushing his music since. That's it. Right. They get initiated and then they continue the agendas as told or inspired. Yes. Just like uh, Eric just said, to push an agenda. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if Zachary weird. King knows Damien Eccles and why. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Ask him. <laughs> he seems to have no friends, Damien Eccles. You know what I mean? Like in real life, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That he can hold on to for any consistent time. 
And I, I would think that it would have to do with his intense selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. And not the fact that he's a psychopath, but that I think he's a psychopath. But besides that, <laughs> his, his selfishness may be the, the bigger problem. Was there any um, stuff, other stuff that you've seen like him contradict himself on, like even since he's oh, not yeah. out? Oh, yeah. Okay. For, okay. Let's get to go through it. Yeah. Let's get really into First, he said his his teeth, he was given a welcome to the jail party and his teeth were were messed up and that he had to use meditation to deal with the pain in his teeth. Now, granted, and the, and the interviewer says, well, your teeth look pretty good now. And he's like, yeah, that's because I, I didn't want to have them pulled. You know, in on death row, all they do is just pull your teeth out and I didn't want to live without teeth, which is interesting. Did you always know that you'd get out, Damien Nichols? I mean, uh, if you really yeah. were going to get executed, why, you know, why does it even matter? But okay, I understand. I, I wouldn't even think that nobody would want to live in maybe even the last five years of your life on death row with no teeth, fine. But maybe they're in the back of his mouth that they were cracked or whatever. But his teeth look pretty good. And they looked like they were getting regular dental <laughs> health in, 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 in prison. So... That was one. Another lie. He said, I went out to a comedy show and it was the, I thought I was at this comedy show enjoying myself. And I thought to myself, this is the first time where I don't have to worry about being knifed. Someone shanking me from behind. This guy was in a prison cell alone. That's how, as soon as you said we had to There's worry about no getting shanked, I'm like, from who? To sh from whom? I, and I guess he could say, what are the prison guards shanking you now too? I mean, there is just no signs of any of these kinds of injuries, um, complaints from about the guard, you know, nothing. <laughs> There's just nothing to back up any of his stories. They're just so outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, I'll be honest, and I've said it on my show before, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did two years in prison. You know, I did mm -hmm. it in the past. I sold steroids, whatever, online. Mm -hmm. It became a federal crime. I used the mail. I mean, I'll let you know right now why I was in there. I got free teeth cleaning. There you go. Right. I heard they offered free teeth cleaning. I filled out a slip and about two months later, I got free teeth cleaning. The only right. thing I will say that sucks is that you are not getting anesthesia. So, you know, or, or any painkillers. So I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know, maybe if they saw pulling teeth, they might, but I know they are not going to give you anything for pain in there unless it's serious. But uh, they do offer, I mean, they do have a dentist in the, in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I, mean, I don't know if you get less. Of course, it would be cruel and unusual punishment not to, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if maybe it takes longer to see a dentist if you're in uh, solitary confinement. But I mean, I know from experience, I mean, people were just doing it. People would go to the dentist just to waste the state's money. I mean, the right. feds. Right. They would we, make a dentist appointments just to go to waste fucking time and money. We've had people on death row go uh, to cancer treatment from death row. And people oh. were, have been saying, oh, yeah, why are we treating them for this illness when we're just going to kill them? But we do. We treat because it would be cruel, unusual not to treat them yeah. for, for their illnesses mm. on death row, even on death row. So that's the system we have. Well, what other Does uh, anyone have any, I mean, I feel like I'm forgetting. Does anybody have forgetting some of them? I mean, there's so many. Oh, God bless. I think there's like a bunch of videos that people have made of some of his lies. There's his teeth. 
there's the lie about the thing. Oh, he says he never knew Jesse Miss Kelly, that they weren't friends. Maybe that he barely knew Jesse Miss Kelly. That's untrue. Oh. Yeah, like all three of them are like boys, kind of, right? <laughs> and they'll like hang Jerry out. Jerry Driver, he lies about Jerry Driver, saying that he, Jerry Driver was asking young boys to give him blowjobs. I'm sorry, maybe that's not kosher, but whatever. That yeah, That's totally yeah. untrue. I mean, basically, according to Damien Eccles, he's the most persecuted. Everyone wants to frame a murder on this kid because he wears a black t-shirt and, and likes heavy metal music. You know, That's you outrageous. And like, people why, buy that. Why was he the one out of all three to be like, oh, I'm the one being persecuted for something I didn't do? Like, you, I mean, like, how come the other three weren't going on? Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the other two. It just seems like, how did he become the face of like? Uh, right. It's because he, because, because he has, he went to death row. Okay. That's one aspect of it. You could say the other, it's not my field. I don't know a lot about magical stuff. I'm, I will, I listen with an open mind, obviously, but I don't know a lot about it, but you could say that he got death row and he activated all the people who were anti-death penalty people. So they're going to, of course, try to overturn any death penalty conviction. There will be anti-death penalty activists will come out. And there was one guy, Brandon Bernard, who, who had, with a bunch of other people, kidnapped this couple and driven them around and lit them on fire. And Kim Kardashian was trying to save this guy, lit a couple on fire. Oh, I remember that. And, yes. Right. So yeah. there is no person that um, Lisa Montgomery, there's another one who cut a baby out of another baby's womb, killed her for her baby and kidnapped the baby, like cut it out of her womb, killed oh, the woman, stole that. the baby. Yeah. She was just recently executed, but they tried to, to stop that execution. And, and they have no trouble advocating for these people. Mm. Uh, so the most heinous cases. Good thing, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. It's a good thing Johnny Depp and Henry Rollins wasn't around for uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. That John Wayne Gacy is the creepiest. His connections, political connections. I mean, that is a creepy story. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. That no, but I was just thinking, like he was on death row, and you saw like not too many. I don't think was anybody really fighting for him. No, <laughs> no, but but. <laughs> There wasn't the money, and I mean the move. The money in this movement is is just gets crazier every year. That's that's why I had mentioned before. If you knew how much they raised, because I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it, but when you got that much money, I mean, you know, twenty million dollars, greasing some wheels. Like, yeah, we need this money because we got to pay people off to say, you know, yeah, take yeah. the alpha. Like, yeah. Lonnie Surrey, who is their is their um, PR agent is the same agent, a PR agent for Marty Tankliff. And if you go online and look up falseconfession.com, uh, Lonnie Surrey runs that. <laughs> probably like he runs like 50 websites that are all connected to the subject of wrongful convictions, quote unquote, wrongful convictions. I would call it innocence fraud. But so things like the idea of false confessions and blah, 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 all, all the, all the propaganda, but yeah. So he, he did, he did, uh, he ran Marty Tankliff's very successful campaign and these PR campaigns work. 
Would you know the day of the killings, actually? Yeah, May May 5th, 1993. 5th. Uh, I'm just wondering that. Because I even find oh, Wednesday is the day of magic, too. Um, why, is, why is that? Uh, it's associated with Mercury for Wednesday and uh, oh. Mercury and like the gods associated with Mercury, like Toth would be one. Uh, he's very much known for like uh, magic. Like he even even when Isis went and, uh, you know, brought Osiris back, uh, it was Toth that wrote the magic spell for Osiris to bring him back. So like he is known for magic. Um yeah, the reason I was checking is because I just remembered that, uh, you know, the three kids makes me think of the supernal triad, which is at the top of the tree that's associated with the abyss. And the moon card does have, depending on what moon card you have, I have the golden dawn moon card. It will show a pillar and like a stream running up the middle of the pillars. So I was just wondering if maybe that day uh, somehow. If I, I was thought there, it might have been a full moon or a new moon. I can't remember which, but check it out. I, I it's this is not my aspect of this case you know it's not my specialty i keep saying that but it's really oh, not so, so was, please forgive so me for for not for not knowing a lot about the magical aspects of this it was a full flower moon oh is that what it was it was a full yes. what does that mean full flower moon um i don't know i tell you the truth i did, i've never heard of a flower moon i probably should mm. um i don't know i just think that's interesting uh Blooming like a flower or young children. I don't know. It's weird. Five, yeah, five. I was, yeah, I was wondering. Uh, it'd probably take me too long to start messing around with it, but I was going to start crunching the numbers and see if, like, what tarot card it might fall on. <laughs> but, right. but no, I, I even find, uh, I think that's interesting. Even like you said, the year is 93, the day it happened, the day of magic. Very interesting. Mm. Oh, you know what? Also, I just want to, one other thing that uh, Eccles lies about, he says, well, of course, that the state offered him the Alfred plea, not that his defense team went, which is what really happened. The state had to because they were so embarrassed having these innocent people in prison. <laughs> what, happened, uh, what happened to the other two um, perpetrators, I guess? They, uh, Miss Kelly is living in a, went back home to West Memphis and is living in a trailer park where he came from. And Baldwin is homeless living out of his car van as last i heard wow. and not doing too well i mean he had a charity but mm. I, I mean the only and i don't think Eccles had to move out of new york i don't think any of them are doing too well which is interesting that now that they want to test the dna by mvac technology they're pushing to but they're asking in the wrong jurisdiction <laughs> i mean they're doing all these things to get rejected i mean you know why we say you get out on a technicality because people can, because the law is designed that way. There it's, it's rules, but they've decided that, that they can flagrantly ignore all the rules. And then they're wondering why things aren't going their way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like applying for this, for this DNA testing after the fact, after they've already signed saying that they won't challenge this conviction and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's lots of problems with it. But I think that they should release the DNA results from mm. 2011 before they even test anything else. Don't you think that's the logical thing to do? Yeah. You'd think. 
Thank you. Right. But logic doesn't, <laughs> doesn't come into play. I just got a, I just, it's so funny, just really quickly. I just got a um, direct message on, on Twitter from a stranger about another case. And he was saying, you know, you talk about alibis, like everyone has them. Don't you know that it's that, al- that most innocent people don't have alibis? So now not having an alibi is a sign of, of being talking about opposite world. It's like, thank you. Thank you for schooling me. A Democrat came up with that somehow. Interesting too, the day of the murders, it was in the Zodiac of Taurus, which is a, you know, an earthly uh, Zodiac. So, I mean, I'm wondering if even the X goes back to that again. I mean, I, mean, I think X's on people. I mean, I think part of this was a thrill kill, you know, but yeah. this was also a group of kids. If you believe Jesse Miss Kelly's multiple, many, 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 many confessions, that this was also a group that Damien Eccles was leading that was doing magic in this area. So take that. Oh, another They got drunk and hung question. out and stealing people's dogs and eating dogs and God knows what else. If that, if that they, happens, they, that's what Miss Kelly says. These kids now, didn't they also have like the junk kind of removed? One did. One did. And that Baldwin did that. Yeah. He like skinned it, like skinned the penis. And he told, Baldwin told Michael Carlson that he put the balls in his mouth. Yeah. And and sucked the blood out of the head of the penis. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I very, do know. Dis- very disturbing. The kids are begging them. No, stop. You know, blah, I w- want to go home, you know, and one almost got away and, and Miss Kelly ran after him. And that's, you can see. So the story, uh, how the bodies were found, one was found a little further away from the other two. And that was prob- probably from that. So the, yeah. so ha- so the actual physical evidence supports some of um Miss Kelly's confession. Yeah, I was wondering if that has anything. Like, um, there's like stuff sometimes you'll see in magic, and I and I do think this is even part of magic. You will put out, uh, you know, stuff like real stuff about magic, but the way you will hand it to the public, they will misunderstand it and take it the wrong way. I think that's even going on with a lot of the sexual agenda, the non-binary stuff, or the whole trans movement is because, like, in in magic. If you were to cross the abyss, you technically, if your soul is leaving your body, you do become sexless in a way that they look at it. Because you are now in spirit. You are now, you're not physical body. There is no sex in spirit. So again, I was wondering if the removing of the genital area and being found in water is just going along with that more. Mm. The fact of not having any sex now, so you know, or not being a sexual being. And yeah, it could be. I, yeah, it's very disturbed. They were very drunk, all three of them, on uh, beer, and Miss Kelly was drinking whiskey, and and his own lawyers wouldn't believe him. And he said, "Well, you don't believe me? I cra- smashed this Evan Whis- uh, Evan Williams whiskey bottle below this bridge. You'll see it blood the hair." And the lawyers went to look for it, and they found it. So wow. But I think they still they still wouldn't believe it. It's really interesting, you know, the the ability a human's ability to repress uh, reality <laughs> and believe what they want to believe is amazing. 
So well, even I, with with the with the whiskey bottle being there, I think they still went on believing that that this was the three um, defendants were were innocent. I even think, I mean, the guy's a magician. I mean, if you're still a practicing magician and if you're not a good person, you're going to learn how to wear masks, and you will, in my opinion, you could easily lie so well that you almost believe yourself. So then everybody else will believe you. Because you're you're just playing it off so good. He does. He's a good. I think he's a very good liar. And one of the things that they've succeeded in doing is making the grieving stepfathers now the victimizers when they're the victims, and they make themselves the victims. So you can see it in the kind of Darvo um, deny um, offender, reverse offender attack, that kind of thing. Or you can see it as kind of a magical opposite world so they took something they they took a punishment for uh just punishment and reversed it and and, and made it and and made it that the 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 injustice was that they were ever convicted it's crazy i mean everything i mean I, that's the one aspect of it that i relate to is this kind of reversal well, everything it, in this case is reversed. That's what evil does. It, it perverts yeah. and inverts. So, oh, it's a magic ghost too. It's an inversion of itself. So, so yeah. Um, I guess we'll leave it there if you don't mind. It was a little bit over an hour. Um, Roberta, I thank you so. I, you know, and I didn't have you plug your stuff in the beginning. All your stuff already. Your show notes are on the bottom. But would you like to let everybody know where they can find your stuff? Uh, at Roberta Glass Pod on Twitter. Uh, Roberta Glass True Crime Report on Facebook. Come join the discussion in there. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I bought every podcast platform you can think of. Check me out. Thank yeah. you for having me. I always love talking to you guys. It's always yeah, no, it's always a good time having you on. Yeah, all your notes are in the bottom. I highly suggest go check out his stuff, especially all the, I mean, I probably, I think when I first came across you was on William Ramsey. And I think I just typed in William Ramsey and Roberta Glass, and there was a bunch of stuff. And yeah. I, uh, I listened to it, and then I was like, yo, I hit up Ramsey. I was like, you think you can get her on my show? Uh -huh. So um, definitely go check out uh, the work that she's done with Ramsey. I think is great. Um, yeah, go check her stuff out. And, Teresa, would you like to plug our other show? Sure. So <laughs> the other show we have together, it's called The Spiritual Gangsters. And uh, you can find it here on YouTube all the podcast spots and yeah it's about like people's more personal transformations and struggles and things they've come through so it's a nice break from murder and <laughs> murder and cult <laughs> yeah. magic sometimes that does right. come into play but not usually but yeah it's it's yeah. good it's a good time <laughs> all right yeah and Thank what I guys. like about it is that, uh, you know, people haven't heard of it yet. Um, what I like about it is that we do get a lot of podcasts on there, and it's a good way to get an idea of who you're actually listening to. It's a lot more personable, and I think it's pretty cool. So definitely yeah. check that out if you haven't. Uh, the links are on the bottom for that. It's even in my own link tree. I do have links for the Spiritual Gangsters as well as uh, Teresa's link. And like I said before, Roberta's, all her links are in the bottom. Definitely go check out all her amazing work. Thank you, everybody, for jumping in on the chat. Uh, thank you, Indigo, Helen, Eric, you know, Arnold, all the, you know, well, you all know who you are. Thank you again for joining in on the chat. That is why I do it. And until uh, the next one, everybody be well. Later.